everybody. This is Mark Vines. Welcome to the Mark Vines Show. Thank you for joining us today on your one-stop shop for everything having to do with freedom, the Constitution, the right way of living your life. And you know what? Uh, people out there seem to want to have a ministry of truth. Well, you're here. So I think we're just going to refer to this show as being the ministry of truth because that's what we talk about here. And once again, we have Gina Ciarcia joining us on the show. And we're going to talk about uh, her campaign, how that's going, the state of uh, the election here in Virginia, the primaries rather here in Virginia. And then we want to also talk about this bombshell event that happened this week, that being the leak from the Supreme Court, the leak on the potential decision that, uh, and the, from the Supreme Court having to do with Roe v. Wade, uh, abortion, and we're going to get into that because I have a lot of thoughts about what has happened. I know Gina does as well, and we want to get her thoughts on that because, God willing, Gina gets into the United States House of Representatives. This is the kind of stuff that she is going to be dealing with, and deal with it we must because there are a lot of problems, as we're going to discuss. So with that, Gina, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me, as always. Well, first off, give us an update on where you are, guys. We are in May, uh, early part of May, and the primary is June 21st. And so we're in kind of push time here, Gina. So how are things going? Yeah, the clock is beginning to tick down. Um, It's good. You know, we have a lot of grassroots support going on. You can, you know, just just feel that folks are hungry for um, something different. They know that we can't keep doing the same thing. We can't keep sending the same kind of candidate forward and expect a different results. And so um, there's a lot of grassroots energy. Our signs are up. All over the district, I have people tell me all the time, oh, I see your signs everywhere. Um, And so that's exciting. We definitely have more signage up than any other um, candidate. And, you know, the great thing is, is, you know, these are not signs on the side of the road. These are signs on people's property. You know, I had um, one couple tell me um, over the weekend, your signs are all over our neighborhood. And so that was very encouraging to hear. Um, because when somebody puts your sign in their front yard, that's their endorsement. They've endorsed you. This is the candidate that I'm voting for, and I think you should vote for her, too. So we've got a lot of that going on. Um, the reception that I get on my daily phone calls is very good. You know, people understand that we are in very serious times in our country. And like I said, they don't want the same old, same old because they know that's not going to help the situation, but instead perpetuate the problem. So it's going it's going very well. And I'm optimistic about our chances on June 21st. Um, you know, several of the other um, candidates that I'm going up against, they're flush with cash. But I think, you know, folks who are attuned to politics know that you can tell a lot about a candidate when you look at their money. And so when you see where their money is coming from, you see, oh, they've already aligned themselves with the establishment Republican Party here. And there's going to be, you know, um, there's going to be some expectations. You know, he who takes the king's money is the king's man. That has always been true and it will always continue to be true. And so I'm very proud of the fact that the vast majority of my donations are small dollar donations that are from in-district voters. And the only out-of-district money that I've had come in has been from my family 
and military friends who live in other states. So it's it's going well. And like I said, we're optimistic. Yeah, and money's not everything. Money is, mm-hmm. I can go down a whole laundry list of candidates who have won districts that were woefully outspent on by their, their competitors. And well, you know what, uh, Gina, I would say that Glenn Youngkin, isn't he an example of that? In this last yeah, election. McAuliffe, yeah, McAuliffe did outspend Youngkin in the governor's race. But, yeah. Well, who's the yeah. governor right now? That's right. Yeah. You know, so it is, you know, that's going to launch us in, into our main topic today, and that is the leak from the Supreme Court. And I think that this event, this this last week, is an example of what we're talking about with people just being fed up with the status quo. We once again had a leak, and if you've been living out there not paying attention to the news, and I know a lot of you aren't paying attention to the news, and I don't blame you at all because it's depressing as hell, but if you have uh, not been uh, following the news, what had happened was a working draft memo uh, being circulated around the United States Supreme Court was leaked. Yes, leaked. And folks, this has never happened in the history of the United States Supreme Court. And what they do is they, when they come up with opinions, they they send out draft opinions to one another, and they look at it, and they debate, and they deliberate, and they uh, decide from those mem- the working memos, they start working on what their decisions are going to be. And y- if you were inside the court, you would have an idea of where people are, are leaning in their decisions. This is a deliberative process amongst nine justices who have a lifetime appointment. And they what they do, the role of the, the, the Supreme Court, is to compare the issue before them to the United States Constitution. And their role is to decide the constitutionality of the decision, right? These are not elected officials. They they look at the constitutionality of that decision. That's what they're supposed to be doing. Now, this is also supposed to be a private uh, discussion amongst the the justices. They have to have that free for them to be able to do their job. They have to have a semblance of privacy and security that is very very important. And so, this was leaked out to the public. And now, what is happening is. The left is going nuts saying that Republicans are pushing to overturn Roe v. Wade, which uh, came about in 1972. So you had this leak, and again, it has never happened before. So bombshell, we're going to get deep into this particular discussion, but Gina, first, uh, your, your thoughts and impressions about what happened? Well, the Democrats were failing at everything. And we all knew that they were failing at everything from Afghanistan to energy to the economy. They had a terrible record. And so they needed to change the conversation in preparation for the midterm elections. And they did that successfully with the leak. That was the entire purpose was to change the conversation so that now we're not talking about the prices of groceries, the pain at the pump, um, you know, the the dishonor from the withdrawal of Afghanistan, the uncertainty of what's going on with Russia and Ukraine and the way we've, you know, kind of fumbled that around. Um, Now it's about abortion. And this is an emotionally driven issue Mm -hmm. to a large extent. And so it is much easier to play upon people's emotions um, than it is to finagle gas prices. Mm-hmm. So 
that has a lot to do with it. So this is what is I'm hearing from you. Um, I'm sorry, what was that? Well, I was going to say, is what I'm saying from you, do, do you believe that this is orchestrated and the administration absolutely. had their, their hand in this? Oh, absolutely. I firmly yeah, believe I that to. it was. Yeah, yeah. And there, because this was this is in preparation for the midterms to um, lessen the blow that they knew was coming. You know, Gina, to get your thoughts on this, but... You know, President Trump was impeached twice over bogus charges. The mm -hmm. Russia investigation led to nothing. Uh, the investigation was predicated upon information that we know has been confirmed was made up. The number of reasons for impeaching President Biden are starting to mount. And I'll tell you, if it can be confirmed, and this is probably the second or third issue that I think if, if confirmed, he could be impeached over. Um, if we could, if we determine that this was not just some rogue clerk that did this on their own, but somehow had ties back to the administration, do you think that would be an impeachable offense? Absolutely. Along with many other things, like you said. So yeah. one thing that we have to understand as Republicans, you know, we are rule followers, right? We like to follow the rules. There's a safety and a security felt in following the rules. But we're dealing with uh, a radical political party who threw the rule book in the river a long time ago. Mm -hmm. You were talking about the the Russia hoax mm -hmm. and, you know, all the other things. Um, they knew that the, uh, the claim that Trump was colluding with Russia in order to steal the 2016 election, they knew that was false because they were the ones that designed this the narrative there and the storyline but yet they still went through a quote-unquote investigation into what they knew were false allegations at the taxpayers expense of 40 million plus dollars um this is a party that doesn't play by the rules they they use impeachment as a political weapon which that's not what it was designed for it was designed to remove a president who had legitimately committed high crimes and misdemeanors not to be used as a political weapon, but that's how they use it. Um, so we have a party that does not play by the rules. And then you have another party, the Republican Party, who still wants to cling to the rules. And um, it, it doesn't bode well for the country or for the political party that's clinging to the rules, hoping that the other team will start to follow the rules. Yeah, and it's not even so much that the Republicans cling to the rules. They're just not, and you can cling to the rules, that's fine, but you have to shout from the mountaintops what the rules are. You, you, mm -hmm. can't, um, you can't just go through life and not fight the way that these people are not fighting, Mitch McConnell and the others, and it makes you wonder why they're doing this. And you know, you had mentioned uh, to me at one point, you said this is kind of like a football game where one side's playing with the rules, the other side isn't, and the referees bought and paid for. But yet now we're going right. to say we're going to have a, a, a fair fair football game. It doesn't work that way. Right. So um, we a lot of times don't really like to admit how bad it is because if we do that, then we are prone to despair. Um, not only do the Democrats not play by the rules, 
but they have infiltrated and pretty much bought, so to say, every major institution in the country. So imagine a football game where you have one team who's going to play by the by the rules. The other team has thrown the rule book in the trash. They've bought the referee. They own the scoreboard. They they own the uh, the the sportscaster, and they own the field. <laughs> <laughs> Who do you think is going to win? Mm-hmm. <laughs> is it a legitimate win? No. But does that matter to them? No. No, it doesn't. And I'm going to give you an example of this. So before we came on the podcast uh, today, I was searching for a clip of President Biden being asked about the leak. And and I want to I want to point out that no polit no Democrat politician that I've seen out there has had any issue with the fact that the leak occurred. They they've not condemned it at all. And I'm including Kamala Harris and Joe Biden. Not one word about how wrong the leak was and the how the integrity of the court was violated. Okay. Now, he but that being Biden was on the tarmac. He was traveling somewhere and he was asked about this. And he referred to uh, having an abortion as aborting a child. Are you you're familiar with this, Gina, that this this clip has been out there? I haven't seen it. Well, you I haven't seen it. it. Well, I'm going to play it here. But I, when I play for you this clip, I want you, Gina, and everybody else to understand that when I went to YouTube, this clip, I could not find an example of the clip that I'm going to play for you. Which is interesting because we talk about uh, social media being uh, well, the media in general being inside on the side of Democrats and big tech being on the side of Democrats, and now we have this big uproar over Elon Musk purchasing Twitter, and he pu- purchased Twitter because he wants to have free and open free speech. This is the town square. So what's interesting is that when I play this clip for you, understand where I found this clip was on Rumble which is the new alternative free media site. And Rumble kind of operates the way Elon Musk wants to operate with Twitter. Keep that in mind. When I went to YouTube, I could not find, I found the interview where Biden said what I'm about to play for you. But interestingly enough, every clip on YouTube had this portion clipped out of it. Very, very interesting. But let me play for you what this is. Okay, here we go. The idea that we're going to make a judgment that is going to say that no one can make the judgment to choose to abort a child based on a decision by the Supreme Court, I think goes way overboard. Okay, Uh-oh. did you hear that? He said that that you are aborting a child. Did you hear that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he yeah he made a mistake there. He should have said fetus, right? Yes. That's the narrative. That's the yeah, narrative. Fetus. But what's interesting mm-hmm. is I found this on Rumble, the free media site, free speech site. I did not find it on YouTube. Interesting. Mm-hmm. This is what we're mm-hmm. talking about. This is like having the referee paid for. Mm-hmm. Right? Sure, Why is absolutely. it? Absolutely. Yeah. So the American it, people are not being given the to- the the full story of what these people are telling you. Right. And sometimes they make flubs and mistakes. Right. For instance, you know, I'm sure the reason why you don't see it on YouTube is because him using the word child, that was a mistake. He should have used the term fetus. Yes. Um, for instance, um, the just Justice 
Jackson whenever she said that she could not define a woman because she's not a biologist. That was a mistake on her part, actually. Mm -hmm. She would have been better off saying, in order to fit their narrative, I'm not a gender theorist or gender consultant or something like that. But whenever she said biologist, she tacitly admitted that gender is indeed inextricably tied to biology or to our physical bodies. And the same thing here with Biden. He is admitting this is a child. And so, you know, saying aborting a child, um, that's not what they want the narrative to be. That's not the message that they're trying to send. Instead, they stick with fetus. And when we say they, this includes the media, because this was the media that clipped his actual statement out. Now, do they Mm -hmm. do that? To Republican candidates, like, like let's say you're out on the, the speaking circuit and you make some mistake. Do you think that they're going to help you out, Gina, and clip out the thing? Oh, Gina didn't mean no, to say no. that. Do you think, oh, yeah, <laughs> we'll clip that out for her. Are they going to do that? No, not Absolutely at all. In not. fact, they're going to they're run it as much as they can. That's right. And we talk about women's rights and women's rights, but I, I thought that we couldn't talk about women at all. Mm-hmm. Now, they... They really are off on this. And now now we're getting into the actual decision itself, Roe v. Wade. Now, again, I, I, I want to just start with whatever the decision is going to be from the court. I have real problems with these constant leaks uh, that has happened with every other organization within the federal government. Just they leak like sieves. The one bastion in Washington where that did not occur was the Supreme Court. And now it's happened with the Supreme Court. Now, that's a real problem. But moving to the issue of abortion, and I'm saying this as a former police officer, and uh, I, I want people to listen to me very, very closely. And I don't think a lot of people think about this this legal logic I'm about to lay out very often. If you are if you're driving down the road, Gina, and you're drunk, and you hit another car with a pregnant woman in it, and that woman and the fetus perish, both of them perish in that that crash. Do you know that you would be charged with two counts of manslaughter, not one count? Are you aware of that? Yes. Yeah, a lot of people aren't aware of that. And I think that legally, that's an interesting concept because Mm -hmm. if I can abort a child or if I can abort a fetus, whichever way you want to look at it, no harm, no foul. In other words, that woman, if that woman had made it, let's say she was on her way to an abortion clinic. And you did not hit her, and she got there, and she could abort the child, and that would be no harm, no foul. But you kill her on the way to the abortion clinic, drunk, now you're charged with two counts of manslaughter. That makes no legal sense whatsoever. And Mm -hmm. so we as a nation don't even fairly address this issue. And we have to resolve it one way or the other. But now I want to play another clip for you. Uh, And this is Joe Biden talking about, uh, interestingly enough, how religions have looked at this. And it just, this is just, this whole issue in this administration is astounding to me. But let me play this clip for you. The codification of Roe makes a lot of sense. Look, think what Roe says. Roe says what all basic mainstream religions have historically concluded, that Right, that the existence of a human life and being is the question 
Is it at the moment of conception? Is it six months? Is it six weeks? Is it is it quickening like Aquinas argued? I mean, so the idea that we're going to make a judgment that is going to say that no one can make the judgment to choose to abort a child based on a decision by the Supreme Court, I think goes way overboard. Well, you know, it's interesting about what he just said there. Juxtapose that with the scenario that I just gave you. And that's mm-hmm. a scenario that happens across the United States every year where people, pregnant women, are, are killed out on the road and fetuses are killed in, in accidents or in a homicide, wherever the case may be. You are charged with two counts of murder or two counts of manslaughter, depending on what the situation is, whether there was intent or not. But you just heard the president of the United States just say right there that this is a question. All He even said all major religions agree on that, that there's a question about this. Really? So yeah. if I, let's say you, you charge me with manslaughter, would that be my legal, if I was, should that be my legal defense then? If I'm being charged with manslaughter when I go to court, the president just said that there's a question about this. Mm-hmm. This doesn't make any sense, yeah. Gina. No, it doesn't. And it's it's completely inaccurate. Um, you know, if you look at scripture, you know, the Bible clearly tells us that, you know, God formed our inward parts when we were in our mother's wombs. Um, before I was born, you knew me. Uh, if we look at it from the Judeo-Christian perspective, there certainly is no question about when does life or personhood begin. God clearly views the unborn child as a person. In fact, it tells us that before we were ever born, all the days of our lives in his book, right? Mm -hmm. So you you don't write the days of the life of a non-person in the book. I mean, so... That's a completely inaccurate statement that Biden made, but that's not surprising coming from Biden. (laughs) Um, It, you know, I think that they would like to think that it's that way because it helps, you know, them make their case. But just because you want something to be true doesn't mean that it is. Mm -hmm. And so early Christians, in fact, um, were known for um, rescuing infants who had been uh, during the Roman period, you know, abandoned to die. So since they, you know, at that time period, they did not have the technology, obviously, to um, perform abortions. An unwanted child, once it was born, was just left exposed, maybe on a hillside or somewhere. And that was their their form of, you know, getting rid of an unwanted child. It was infanticide. Um, But the Christians were known for if they came across a child who had been abandoned in that manner, that they would take that child. Mm -hmm. in. so there's always been a very high value put on human life in the Judeo-Christian tradition. Yeah. And and Joe Biden claims to be a Catholic, a practicing Catholic. Yeah. So it's amazing. And now I'll play for you a a third and final clip uh, with another amazing statement and this is the uh, this is Letitia James and she is the current attorney general of New York state and uh, just want you to listen to what she has to say about this issue as a former city council member many moons ago I came to this issue 
in a very personal way. I was in this place. I was just elected. And I was faced with the decision whether to have an abortion or not. And I chose to have an abortion. I walked proudly into Planned Parenthood. And I make no apologies to anyone. To no one. To no one. And all of you also know that I am a woman of faith. I go to church. But my God teaches me all about love and acceptance. And my God teaches me about privacy. And my God says that you've got to make the best decision for your body and your life. So what's interesting about that is, uh, Gina, and let's be fair about this. If, if you've read what Justice Alito said, and he, he very well thought out, very uh, anticipatory of many of the attacks that Joe Biden, and I didn't play the clip of Biden doing this, uh, or the rest of the clip with Letitia James going on and attacking the whole privacy issue. Uh, it was very, very well thought out. And you can tell that these people, A, have not read Alito's decision, and they are using scare tactics uh, to the American public. Because in actuality, if if this decision from the justices goes through, it's not going to end abortion. What it merely Correct. will do is push the decisions to the states. In other words, the decentralization of the decision, which is really what the founding fathers intended anyway, that these types of issues should be decided uh, at the state level. Uh, the federal right. government came in and, and centralized this. And so she's wrong. You, you'll still be able to, if you want to have an abortion, you, you can have an abortion. You just will go to a state Either your state has it or you go to another state. Kind of like with guns, if you think about it now. Mm -hmm. Virginia, you can open carry. If you're not from Virginia, uh, you can open carry here in um, in Virginia, in Texas. I lived out there as well. And then there's other states where you can't have a gun at all. All right? Mm -hmm. But we, we don't question the state's ability to make that decision. But that's really what this is. And by the way, nowhere, and Biden went on to, go, to explain how this decision will go on and get into the bedroom and and tell you whether or not you can use contraception. We'll get into same-sex marriage and on and on and on. And this decision does not do any of that. No. Absolutely does not touch any of that. Right. And like I said, they're playing upon people's emotions and fears because they're being very dishonest and inaccurate with how they're presenting this. So, like you said, it doesn't end abortion it just turns the decision back over to the states, which is where it should be. Mm -hmm. Because Mississippians are going to decide very differently from Californians how they want to handle abortion in their state. And so it really, it actually puts the decision back in the hands of the people, of the electorate. And they are then able to lobby their state legislators um, to, to vote in a manner on abortion that that they favor. So it actually gives the people far more control. And um, to say that now you won't have access to abortion or, you know, even worse, the methods of contraception and whatever are going to be affected is completely untrue and it's manipulative mm -hmm. at its root. It's really evil what the Democrats mm -hmm. are doing. I mean, really, when you when you get down to it, it's just plain evil what they're doing, and it's. It, it I wonder really, if the uh, if the new um, director of our disinformation board is going to call them out on it. 
I I doubt it. And anytime you have a ministry of of anything, um, it, it means that it's going to be control. And you know, there's a reason why we have platform. For those of you that are listening, if you, if you don't like the idea that we have Parler and Rumble and now True Social that Trump just put out, if you Elon Musk purchasing Twitter, if you have a problem with that, I think we just demonstrated today why there was people felt that there was a necessity to do this in the first place. And today, me playing that clip of Joe Biden um, talking about an abortion being a child, that is proof positive as to why we need to have these alternative platforms so we can get information to you. Because otherwise, you're not getting all of the information. There's a reason why podcasting, like this show, the Mark Vine Show, there's a reason why this exists and why podcasting has become so popular. Because people are fed up with the fact that the information that they've been putting out has been censored or banned or uh, manipulated in some way. Uh, you can watch, go on YouTube, if you don't believe me, and go look for the clip that I played with Biden talking about abortion. You will find the entire interview that he gave, except for that 30-second piece. And we're tired of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the American people see what's going on. At least a vast, uh, a vast group of people do. And they are fed up. And they are disgusted. And they want changes. Um, it will be very difficult, however. I think we have a difficult road ahead of mm-hmm. us. You know, um, many of my fellow candidates in this primary here in Virginia's 7th Congressional District, you know, like to talk about how, you know, we're going to win the midterms in 22 and we're going to take back the House. Um, and then that's that's going to change everything. Like somehow that will set everything to rights. But really, that's just the very first step of a long path to reclaiming our country. And it's going to be very imperative that not just here in Virginia in the 7th, but across the nation, that we send folks to Congress who, number one, can discern the truth, who understand what's going on and can see um, what should be plain to everyone, although it seems that it escapes many. Um, and not only do they need to be able to see what's really going on, but they need to have the courage to act upon it because there's they are going to be met with incredible resistance. Mm-hmm. and Almost um, violent because, resistance. Yes, because the people who are running the show now, they are not going to let go of their power um, without a fight. They absolutely will not. And we have seen what they are willing to do in order to maintain it. I think that the best thing about the Trump presidency, in addition to him actually um, delivering on the promises that he made during his campaigning, was that it lifted the skirts and it showed us how things really are in D.C., how corrupt and how vile they really are. And um, and I, that be- I believe that that happened because Trump was a man who did not play by their rules, could not be bought because he had plenty of his own money, and he would not play along with them. And because of that, it just threw them into an absolute 
tizzy and tantrum and we got to see what links they will go to mm-hmm. in order to maintain their power and their control. And it's shocking. It is. And we need to have people in office that will combat this. And you are that person. And I really think, you know, Gina, when I was out, uh, I was at that function recently uh, speaking and uh, at a Republican function. And the other candidates and their surrogates that were talking really talked about the local issues. And I, and I understand that local issues are important. People, people are concerned about that. But what I, I took, took a different tact and I started talking about the national issues, the corruption, mainly the corruption, talking about that in the borders and, and drugs pouring over the borders. And people lit up. I, I could tell that resonated with people. Right now, mm-hmm. right now at this, in this stage of American history, People are very, very worried about the, what's going on at the national level. And they're fed up with people not fighting and not doing what they they know that they should do. And they're mm-hmm. tired of it. They're tired of these leaks. They're tired of the corruption. They're tired of the lying and the law breaking. And no one goes to jail for it. And people are tired no of one. that. Yep. It's amazing. No one goes to jail. The federal prisons should be bursting with D.C. politicians. Yeah. And, and no one, no one. Um, and it's and, and just the brazenness now with which they do these things right there in public where all can see and all can know that, you know, want to know are in denial but and i'm with um, you i think i think that this whole leak i I think the administration is involved and i'll tell you why i think that because recently peter ducey was uh pressing jen saki on this and he just flat asked her you know does is the president uh does the president think that this was wrong and she would not answer the question she wouldn't even answer Mm -hmm. it she would Mm -hmm. just change the subject that tells you everything that you need to know about Mm -hmm. that so folks this is a big decision coming up and I can tell you, I've I've met the candidates. I've met you know everybody out there. Gina Cercia is the person that you need to to put into uh, into this cycle, into this election, and you need need to get her into Congress. And uh, Gina, give you the last word um, once again. Let people if they want to reach out to you, if they want to contribute to you, if they want to support you in any way, let them know how. Yeah. So our website is ginacircia.com. and. Everyone has trouble with that name. So let me spell it for you. G-I-N-A-C-I-A-R-C-I-A dot com. And on the website, you can um, subscribe to our mailing things that we're doing. Um, You'll also have an opportunity if you pull the drop down menu, there's a donate button and you can donate to our campaign. We have a great message, but it does take money in order to get that message out to the to the voters. And so any amount that you're able to give, whether it's twenty five dollars or twenty five hundred dollars, we're grateful for it. You know, one thing that I'm keenly aware of is that when it comes to you know, support, donations, votes. Nobody owes me any of that. I'm not expecting it. You owe me this. No, I'm grateful for it. And I appreciate it. And, you know, and it honestly, it when I think about it deeply, it strikes fear in my heart that people are 
going to cast their ballot for me and say, I put my trust in you, Gina. Because it is a it is a great thing that they are doing. And I don't take it lightly whatsoever. Just like whenever uh, we would be in the midst of a lesson and I'd look at my students and they'd all be kind of enraptured in whatever I was saying. And there were several times where it just struck me. They believe what I'm telling them. And that should that should be of great gravity to a teacher. And you should not take that responsibility lightly. Unfortunately, we have many teachers who who are doing just that and they are um, peddling lies to their students. Um, but it's an it's a, a great responsibility and I, I don't um, take it lightly whatsoever. And I'm grateful. I'm very grateful. And so that is a great place to um, to connect with us is through the website GinaCRCA.com. But also to our Facebook page is where we keep a lot of our day-to-day -day happenings going on so uh, and up-to-date. So you'll see pictures from event, events that we have attended. You'll see, you know, flyers about we're having a fundraiser here or meet and greet here on this date. And so if we are going to be near you in your area, please join us. Um, I love meeting people in the district and I love just talking to them and listening to them and and hearing what are their concerns. Like I said, I call people in the district every day. And the thing that I always ask them is, what's most important to you right now at the federal level? And um, people oftentimes, well, they don't see that question coming for one. And so they're a little bit caught off guard. But then once they get going, there, there are many things to choose from as far as issues and concerns. But they, I think they really appreciate just having a candidate listen to them and, and sympathize with, yeah, I know I'm feeling things at, at the pump too, especially as I'm driving all around this district and spending ungodly amounts of money oh, on yeah. gas. I understand, you know? Yeah. Or, yeah, I have five kids. I know what it's like to, you know, spend a ton of cash at the grocery store when it shouldn't cost as much as it does today. Um, yeah, they like they really appreciate that. And I think that resonates with people. And well, I like listening. Yeah, well, well, well said. Folks, the, the day of reckoning is coming. So get out there, support Gina, get out and vote, uh, participate. Participate in this. This is not the time to sit out this election. There's a lot at stake, and not just in Gina's race, but uh, across the nation. We cannot sit yeah. this one out, folks. This is we're really looking at the the future of this nation and whether we're going to continue to be the great light that we have been up until this point. So you cannot sit Absolutely. out. I know people. Yeah, I you hate people hate talking about politics and religion, uh, folks. I, I get it. But there's to, a though. famous tagline you gave. I remember early on one of our first podcasts, you said, you do politics or it's going to do you. <laughs> okay. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, and I would also say this to people. And this was, I was at Heritage Baptist Church in Woodbridge um, this past Sunday. And they are, 
a more politically active church in that they will allow candidates to come in to a Sunday service and give them five minutes to address the congregation, introduce themselves and whatnot. So I think that's honestly, that's a, a great thing to do. Talk about mixing religion and politics together in the, in the same hour. Yeah, we're banging but, out uh, at the same time. <laughs> yeah. But one of the things I, I said to folks was, um, you know, we've all heard the reference of City on a Hill and its connection to America and it being used in that way. Reagan was not the first person to do that. And so here's my history teacher and me coming out. It was really John Winthrop, who was the leader of the Puritans who were coming over to the New World in 1630 to found a colony in the Massachusetts Bay Area. And as they were getting closer to their destination, he said to his congregants, um, everybody's going to be watching us to see what happens, to see what we do. Um, we have embarked upon a very great and daring adventure. Many people expect us to fail. They're all going to be watching. He said that almost 400 years ago. And I would say people are still watching. The whole world is watching America. They see our um, division, our our troubles, our um, our tumultuous politics. They see the precariousness of our position as a nation, um, and they're watching and they're waiting to see what is America going to do. What's going to happen? What are the American people? What are they going to choose? And um, I think that even though our light right now is dim, we can, through determination, hard work, strategy, savviness, um, sheer grit, and righteousness, we can turn things around in our nation. And we can be the nation that honestly we're called to be. We're not there right now, but with the right leadership, we can turn this ship of state and we can fulfill our purpose. So everyone's still watching. Let's do it the right way. Oh, very well said. Gina Ciarcia, once again, thanks again for coming on the show. Guys, Thanks reach out, support her. Yeah, no, it's been fantastic. And so with that, folks, we appreciate you joining in, listening to us. Get involved, stay active, pay attention, and don't give up hope, certainly for this nation, because we have great leaders like Gina that are willing to step up to the plate and do what we need to do to preserve the great republic that we have. Uh, you guys, you take care of yourselves. This is Mark Vines. This is the Mark Vines Show. I love talking with you guys week after week. We're going to get through this. I have no doubt about it. Stay strong. Stay free. And God bless America. We'll talk to you later.